For over 5,000 years of documented history, people have been using the cannabis plant as medicine. From ancient Chinese medical journals to the modern-day dispensaries, cannabis and its many medical uses have found their way to every continent on Earth. Today, as the prohibition against this plant is slowly being lifted around the world and our technological capacity grows exponentially, we finally have the opportunity to discover what this plant is truly capable of. Please join me, Matthew Myro, as I speak with the remarkable innovators working at the cutting edge of these discoveries. This is the Edge of Cannabis Medicine. This episode is brought to you by MJ.com and their brand new medical platform that they're rolling out in the San Francisco Bay Area. Have you visited MJ.com? MJ.com is the most trusted information source for all things cannabis. Whether you're a medical marijuana patient looking to find the right doctor or a consumer looking for exclusive savings at your favorite dispensary, MJ.com can bring you your favorite products right to your front door. Or maybe you're just a lover of the cannabis culture looking for the best original articles, interviews, podcasts, and educational information. MJ.com is the number one place to find everything you need. Visit MJ.com today. Hello, beautiful people. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Edge of Cannabis Medicine podcast. You're here because you want to know more about cannabis medicine. You know that I keep bringing you amazing interviews with some of the most brilliant professionals in the medical cannabis space week after week so you can educate yourself about this amazing plant. And if you haven't already, Make sure you go give this show a rating and wherever it is that you're listening to it, Apple or Overcast or Google Play or Stitcher or wherever it might be, give me a rating, let me know what you think, and drop me a line, Matthew at edgeofcannabismedicine.com. Tell me of guests you think would be great for the show. Tell me how I can improve as an interviewer and speaker. And also, if you are someone who thinks you'd be a good guest for the show, please reach out. I will get back to you as soon as I possibly can and let you know how we can move forward. And in the meantime, I want you to enjoy this episode. It is part two of my interview with Dr. Ann Allworth. And for the first part, we talked a lot about the endocannabinoid system and how it works and how it helps you in all these different ways. And in this episode, part two, we will dive a little deeper into policy, where we see the industry headed and how it can be relevant for so many people in so many ways and make sure you stick around to the end because Anne drops a bomb. She blew me away with this statement that she made and I think it will blow you away as well. It might be the most poignant and important thing anyone has ever said on this podcast. So definitely stick around for that. And without further ado, I present you with part two of my interview with Dr. Ann Allworth, PhD. Please enjoy. Well, the absurdity of it, because Marinol exists, Epidiolex <laughs> exists. Yeah. These are Adidas exists. These are drugs that are FDA approved, that are uh -huh. being passed out by pharmaceutical, uh, sold by pharmaceutical companies, excuse right. me. Yep. And, <laughs> and they're still going to say it is not medicine, yet they have FDA approved medicines based on this plant. So yep. it, yeah, there's a ton of hypocrisy going on. That's for mm -hmm. sure. 
it's true, and it's and, and it's a, it's it's a sad situation, I think, um, because you know it's 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 taking away people's quality of life. That that you know that everybody, the fact that it's illegal federally is you know a travesty, and it needs to be corrected. That the World Health Organization talks about that it needs to be corrected. You know that we need to remove it because they know they they understand you know the problems in in health care across the world and how cannabis could be so valuable it's and at the same time you know healing the planet <laughs> yeah yeah right absolutely absolutely yeah we we certainly don't have any problems with altering our consciousness i mean there's a liquor store in every corner that's and, true and a coffee shop in every corner exactly and so we're okay with all those things but, but yeah, this and one we're not too. Cigarettes, oh, cigarettes. Too. That's the other thing too, because you know that's one of the arguments that we have in the in the document that that's we're working on at the moment. Even that I wrote just a few days ago is that you know you FDA has rules. You have rules for supplements. You have rules for plants, and you have rules for tobacco. Well, why can't you have rules if you can't put cannabis in with the rest of the plants? Then make it a separate category. You know because that's what it should be. You can make some new rules up because it doesn't match up with your rules in any way, shape, or form. It's not ever going to ma- match up with your rules. <laughs> yeah, it won't. It won't. It's too tricky. And that's, I've, I've spoken to a number of different people about the idea of, oh, is it going to be a nutraceutical? Oh, is it going to be a pharmaceutical? And it's like, well, it's, right. it's both and neither at the same time. Exactly. I love the, the Buddhist term, neti neti. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and you know, it's also interesting about what you just said in terms of the, you know, the ability to get intoxicated. And, and, and really, if you think about it, you know, the alcohol deaths that happen, you know, compared to the cannabis deaths that happen, it's, it's ridiculous. There's not, there's no comparison there. You know, there's, there are no deaths from cannabis. Yeah, it's zero. And it's exactly zero. Year, and count, you know, the deaths from being, you know, cirrhosis, cancer of the liver, from car accidents, you know, people killing people, people shooting people, people, you know, the violent crimes, all of that. And then and then the, the pharmaceutical industry and the opioids. I mean, if we look at that, it, it's like about 70, I think it was 72,000 the last... 72,000 people died of opioid deaths in 2018, one year, zero cannabis deaths in 5,000 years. And then what about cigarettes? Cigarettes are okay, according to the FDA, and yet we get something like 480,000 deaths per year from people smoking cigarettes. Right. It's just absurd. The absurdity of it is, is not, it's just it's sad as can be. <laughs> it, it's truly mind-boggling, yeah. It is. And so where do you think it should lie? Do you, do, you, do you believe that having its own category is really the path forward with it? You know, I kind of vacillate between it being a nutraceutical and, a, and its own category because it, it, isn't, it has more power. It has more power than any other plant. So I think in, ultimately it needs to be its own category. And it needs to be a category that's very different from, you know, it's, it needs to be more like, you know, I guess tobacco because, you know, there's tobacco for cigars and tobacco for cigarettes and 
tobacco for pipes. And I don't know how they differ from each other, but I imagine there must be something to it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's the same kind of thing as chemovars and strains and all that that we got going on. But I'm, I'm saying that it has to be very different because it, it can't be just like, well, here's the cannabis. This is what it has. It has to allow for all the different strains and for allow for us as an industry to develop strains that are specific for not just spasticity in multiple sclerosis, but many things in multiple sclerosis, not just, you know, the suicide ideation in PTSD, but many aspects of PTSD, you know, all those kinds of things. Um, and plants, we have to be able to, we know that, you know, the, that the, the terpenes are so important in, in the, you know, in the strains because, there's strength, something called strain alignment that aligns with specific disease, diseases or conditions. So you have to be able to have it in a category that is going to allow for all those different kinds of things to be, you know, certified, registered, uh, whatever, whatever you want to call it, you know, by the FDA, approved by the FDA as a medication or a, a treatment even. You could even call it, you could call it, you don't have to call it a medication. You could call it a medication, I suppose, but then they have their, their verbiage that's going to prevent us from, you know, having it be what it needs to be, <laughs> which right. is medicine in my view, but it's not their definition of medicine, right? right? <laughs> well, it seems to have taken an interesting path already in the way that the states that have legalized it for medical purposes, having a specific medical dispensary that you're able to go to. And it's almost as if, well, we've already created this outlier sort of path for it. That seems like that's a decent way to keep moving forward. This is, you have a very specific pharmacy that you go to for this very specific type of medicine with people that hopefully down the road, the yes. proper education <laughs> for dispensary technicians that are working there that actually understand and go through an almost like a phar pharmacy kind of program to know yeah. how to yeah. guide the patients as they come in. It seems like right. a possibility. And yeah, I think that's a great idea. I mean, I think it really is is a path that could be developed into, you know, some kind of an FDA uh, category. And you know, I'm going to add it to the uh, I'm going to add it to the document <laughs> 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 that we're writing for the FDA, um, you know, uh, guidelines suggestion um, because it's a very good idea. I mean, it is uh, there is a thing in there that it, you know we should have a category, but we, I'm going to point out that we actually already do have a category. But see, then if you get the FDA involved, then you're going to have bud tenders that do have to know what they're talking about. If it's going to be that way and regulated the way it needs to be regulated, because that's another issue. You know, they, the CBD is all over the marketplace now because of the Farm Act, you know, that in, in, uh, in, the, in hemp being, you know, now people can use CBD because, uh, because of it, there's no THC in it. But the fact of the matter is, is that those products are not, there are hardly any of them that actually have what they say on the label in them. And that's a travesty to the American people. I mean, it's, it's, well, anyway, I'm not going to say travesties to the American people. <laughs> it's, yeah. that's, that's, a, 
Yeah. That seemed like the, a step for the DEA because it, forever they were using the racist term marijuana yes. in, in their Schedule 1 categorization. And so at least they got rid of that. And now CBD has moved on to a Schedule 5 and the THC is now the Schedule 1. And so it's right. specifically that mind-altering substance that right. r- remains completely out of bounds for everybody. So yep. maybe it's a step in the right direction that we have one phytocannabinoid that's legal so that's kind of cool <laughs> yes it is i mean that is that's that is a step in the right direction and and the reality is is you know there are other cannabinoids i mean not not as many as there are in in the in the plant that it, you know has the more more thc in it of course but it's you know it's it's the cannabis plant is the cannabis plant and you know it's an it's an interesting plant that to me does so much that you were talking about at the beginning that, you know, you can make clothes and paper and, and the, in the ecological value of it, you know, the trees that you need to, you know, cut down and grow for 20 years to, you know, make X amount of paper you can get in like nine months with a, a, you know, very little hemp relative to the trees that you need. And, and the hemp is not destroying the earth at the same time, right? I mean, it's not like the trees are destroying the earth, but the process of getting them is. Yeah. <laughs> and Actually, cutting down. I just spoke to a young woman who is in the first ever graduate program right near you actually at yeah, yeah. University of Maryland, yeah. Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so she's in that program right now. And one of the focuses of her education that she's really into is the bioremediation aspects uh-huh. and what a tremendous bioaccumulator the plant itself is. And so you yeah. they go going to plant in Chernobyl and finding that it was uptaking the toxic residue from uh-huh. from all that all the that the, the nuclear crap that went all over the place yeah so it it can it can heal the planet it can heal us yeah what are we doing i know i know it's and and so so that's you know i i i didn't ask you before but i would like to ask because i think you know your listeners you you may get different listeners but how how did you come up with your title for your um your your blog your podcast oh well i i wanted to find cutting edge information uh-huh. That was really important to me because the research is so limited and and almost everybody has access to the same amount of research. And so I wanted to be able to speak to different people that were really pushing the limits of what was going on. And so the edge of cannabis medicine is what I came to. Uh-huh. It's a good name. I like it. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> Molded over for quite a while. You, yeah, I bet you did. I bet you did. But it's a good, it's a good name because it's, you know, it's something and it's, it's nice that you're doing it. Um, you know, it's, it's part of, it's right along my lines of, you know, spreading the word about the, about the plant and about its importance and why, you know, it's, um, I, I have a, I have a hope of um, recruiting my former, some of my former students to become, you know, cannabis educators in their respective fields and with their respective, respective colleagues. With no, you know, they have no ulterior motive other than just, you know, hey guys, I just learned about this thing. I, I never knew it was there, and you probably never knew it was there, you know, like that. And and have that be something that happens all over the country, you know, little and their little seminars and lunches and whatever. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see that. Yeah. And so you're writing this paper for the FDA, this paper report, and. So I want to hear more about that. 
And then I also want to know, where do you see the future? How, what direction do you want to see this go? I know we've touched on that just a bit, but in your perfect world, like how do, how do we move forward? How are you educating people? How are you helping medical schools put the endocannabinoid system into their textbooks? You know, things along those lines. That was yeah, a that, bunch of questions. I'm those sorry. Are, those are a bunch of questions. But <laughs> let's go, go back to the start. What did you say was the beginning, the first part? <laughs> oh, yeah. So your, your uh, report that you're writing. For oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm not, it's a team. It's a team of people. I have sections. So there's a team. There, there's a team of ten people. Um, some are from the scientific advisory committee, and some are from the policy committee of the NCIA. And so, you know, there's a whole bunch of different people with different, you know, specialty kinds of areas of knowledge and addressing the document that they put out. So they have sent out this document to the public for public comment, and it's uh, looking for guidance in our in what we're going to do with regulating cannabis drugs. <laughs> and we're like right off the bat <laughs> okay you know and that's that's the thing and there, there are many many different things in it that are being addressed it's a it's like 13 pages long their 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 guidance document that they want comments on so what are so, your you know, personal just, opinions on that regulation um on the regulation that they're t- talking about doing yeah yeah, yeah i think it, it it can't it can't be you know they can't they can't classify it as a drug. That's my personal, you know, my personal opinion of it because it's not a drug. It's not, the definition is not what cannabis is. So that, that's why, you know, it can't really fall in that. And everybody on the committee knows that. I mean, we all know that it's, this is like the third paper that the NCIA has written. I was not involved in the other two because I, I had heard of it last year when they wrote the one last year, but there's, it's, it's not something I don't know. It's like hard to really understand how it's going to happen other than them creating a new category because what they are talking about doing, in my opinion, is not, it won't work for cannabis as medicine because they want it. They want to have, they, they don't want to have the whole plant. They don't recognize the whole plant as, as an entity because of the way their mindset is in, you know, their rules. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting. Okay. So, so then, the fact that it's on any kind of DEA schedule for drugs doesn't make any sense to you. So no, it's, of course it doesn't. Yeah. It, it doesn't. But I tell you what, I did see uh, something this morning that was very heartening. And I, when I, the first, the second thing I thought of it, and, and it wasn't, it wasn't immediate. It was very quickly after I learned that Kamala Harris was um, the pick for uh, BP. I was excited because we know uh, what the candidate Biden thinks about cannabis <laughs> he's, he's not into it yeah. and, and we know that um kamala as um you know but b- was a co-author of the more act so but i i and i said to my partner i said well this is fabulous this means that you know it's going to be legalized because she's going to convince him and, I, and I'm like, I would like to help her convince him <laughs> <laughs> because you know it's medicine man and i and i think i could be you know if i had him for an hour I could probably convince him. <laughs> I bet you anyway, could. The good thing is, is that the good little piece of news that I saw was that um, on an ABC News interview yesterday, um, Kamala actually said that the Biden, the Biden, the Biden administration was going to um, deschedule cannabis. 
de-schedule completely. Yeah. 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 So, it, but it does need to be put into some kind of category, like you were saying, though. Yeah, yeah. Because of its properties are so unique, and because it does have certain mind-altering characteristics, that yeah, something yeah. needs to happen with it. So, yeah, yeah it's and fascinating. It, yeah, it's fascinating, and it's fascinating too in many in in many regards because the medicinal aspect of people, you know, there are people who 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 don't realize that not everybody gets high on you know on a unnecessarily a high thc strain it just changes your perspective in a way that isn't well i guess then people can talk about what is the definition of high right because you know i remember i remember uh reading um the communist the communist manifesto the cannabis manifesto (laughs) the cannabis manifesto and um it the, Steve D'Angelo had a great little thing in there about a, a guy who's coming. I, I'm going to say it exactly how he said it, but about a man who's, you know, had a hard day. He's got a mean boss. He has a physically hard job. It's a, a long 12 hour shift. He's got three kids at home and a wife who's sometimes cranky. And, you know, before he gets in the house, he lights up a joint and goes in the house. And now everything is going to be very different from how it would be if he went in the house and sat down and, you know, had a shot of scotch and then another shot of scotch. His behavior is going to be entirely different than if he gets drunk or if he takes some, you know, Ativan or whatever else he might do. It's not, he's just happy. You know, he's a happy guy instead of a, a guy who's cranky. He's happy because, you know, he's, he sees his wife and instead of thinking about, you know, if he, this is even before he has any alcohol. He's not going to necessarily be, he's going to, He's going to be having a whole different attitude about his life because of the change that happens in his mind via the endocannabinoid system. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, in any way, even if it's a mind altering substance. Do you see what I'm saying? It's It's so very different from alcohol. I mean, it's so very different from alcohol and the violent crimes that are committed when people are have have had too much alcohol compared to the violent crimes when people have had too much cannabis are there it's ridiculously different you know it just doesn't happen very often <laughs> which is not the case with in 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 and especially you know um spousal abuse you know domestic violence you know that's that's almost always has an alcohol component to it yeah, almost always yeah and yet here we are <laughs> yeah, with the with cannabis, you're more likely to be really intrigued by whatever it is your kids playing with too. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Wow, and that's, cool. And, that's, and, that's, and I was going to say that, and even Steve talked about it that you know he's doing something with the kids because he's he's interested in it, and he's he's got and it, it's it's making him have an interest that he didn't wouldn't otherwise have. Right. And it's you know it's it's a it's a it's a peaceful plant. It's a peaceful plant and it's a plant about love. You know, it's about love and, and, it, and it really is, I think, uh, you know, love and healing and health and all those things. I think you're right. I, <laughs> I completely agree. I imagine you do. Otherwise, you wouldn't be having this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just... glad you do. I'm glad you do have the show because, you know, I, want, I, I think you asked me about the direction of what I, you know, what I, what I think should happen. I think. You know, I think it should be descheduled. I think that we should have, uh, you know, that there should be a an adult market. There should be a, a medical market. 
And in truth, I mean, it's, it's going to, it's a far better intoxicant, if you want to call that for a recreational market than alcohol ever could dream of being. And it's, it's, you know, the other thing that I didn't mention, you know, people, people who become addicted to opioids and other kinds of pharmaceuticals, you know, that's their recreational thing that they do. I mean, it's, it's, they see it as a recreational activity, even though it necessarily might not be, you know, because it's an addictive substance, which cannabis is not a terribly addictive substance. It has a way lower addiction uh, potential than either tobacco or alcohol or opioids. So, you know, it's, it's a strange thing that we're in the situation where, you know, we have evidence, strong evidence, like, in I think pretty much every single medically legal cannabis state, the opioid deaths and opioid prescription rates have gone down between 20 and 28%. Dramatic decreases, you know, because people are using it to get off of, of opioid addiction. So, you know, we need, I think it's, it's, I started saying what I would like to see happen. And what I would like to see happen is what I was talking about, you know, that, Kamala was saying is going to happen. So <laughs> that is what I would like to see happen. And that there is a category that we have and that we use the established medical dispensaries in the states that are already legal and in the rest of the states that will be legal and to create a regulated industry where not only do we make sure we're educating bud tenders to be able to, to say and the things that they need to say to the customers who are coming in, the patients who are coming in, but also the cannabis industry needs to get on board with less concern about increasing THC content and more concern about developing strains that are going to address specific conditions that we know cannabis helps. And that, and then have it be really a medical industry, a medical cannabis component industry. Not everybody has to do it, but there's not, you know, part of the Part of the things that we're working with with the Cannabis Advocacy, um, the Cannabis Patient Advocacy Association is the fact that, you know, there are children who are taking cannabis because they have conditions that cannabis is the only thing that will help them. Kids with epilepsy, kids, kids with autism, kids with autism spectrum disorder, many, many different conditions, um, lots of GI issues, and cannabis is helping them, and yet their parents have to come to school and their parents have to deliver the medicine. They won't let the school nurse do it because, of course, it's this illegal substance. Well, it's not illegal in the state of Maryland. It's not illegal in the state of Oregon. It's all kinds of places. But nobody wants to, to deal with it. So the, the nurses, and we have a nurse on our board of directors who's, try, who's reached out to the Nurses Association they don't even want to talk to her. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a situation. But here's the thing relative to the cannabis companies is that to our knowledge, we haven't, and, and it doesn't make any difference. There's none in Maryland and you can't go, you, know, you can't get stuff. You know, state, states have to be regulated within the state. You know, you have, there are regulations of what you can sell and all those kinds of things. But there are no products that have the proper dosing for kids. So parents have to get a product and then they have to dilute it but they can't then, according to the rules that even though Maryland Medical Cannabis Commission says that it's okay for these kids to have it in school, the rule says that it has to be in the original package. So how can it be in the original package and we're going to give it to the kid and the kid's going to be on the floor? <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a battle that's one of the things that we're fighting, but it's just like 
the cannabis companies, it's the, they're like, well, we're not going to make that because it's the market isn't a big enough market. Well, yeah, but it's a, you're, it's a market that needs to be filled. You know, you, you talk about you're an industry that is doing these things and, you know, and many of them are touting, many of the companies that are huge are, oh, we're really big about education and medical marijuana and da 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 but they're not, <laughs> you know, some of them are, but no, they're not, that's not the focus. It's not the focus really. The focus now is growing, 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 spreading themselves across the country and, you know, becoming a huge corporation. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like the focus really needs to get back onto the patient. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's who matters in this. Yeah. Really I mean, it's the patient is who matters in terms of the medicinal aspect, but the, you know, there are people who, who've been smoking cannabis for years who are really medicating. They're medicating themselves because they know that it helps with things that are not right in their body, you know? So, and, and there are then some people who just smoke it to, or eat it to just get high. And that's fine that they should be able to do that because why shouldn't they? <laughs> you know? We deserve sovereignty over our own body. Yes. yes. Yeah. We, do. we <laughs> definitely do. So, yeah, it seems to me that there's uh, something that would be really necessary for this to move forward is proper education for physicians and being able to have programs set up before they're able to properly prescribe or recommend or certify or whatever it is that they decide on the name of the thing being, that the doctors should know at the bare minimum about the endocannabinoid system and they should yes. know how the different phytocannabinoids interact with it. And so, yes. <laughs> and, and the, the different diseases that correlate with it. And so it, it would be so helpful if that was the case. And so like geneticists that I've spoken to right now, everything is market driven and uh-huh. they're creating strains based on what the market wants and they could just as easily. And, and gentlemen I spoke to, he's like, I would love to have it be patient driven. I would love it to have it be um, malady driven yes. instead of market driven. That would be perfect. And it's ripe for it and it's ready for it. It just uh-huh. has to happen. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I don't want, I don't like making blanket statements. So there are companies that are actually making, taking steps toward that, but you know, it, it, that isn't the focus. It's just like you just said, it's market driven, it's market driven. And that's, you know, what's driving the, the cannabis industry. And it's, it's growing in leaps and bounds. It's, you know, like the wild West back in the day, I'm told when the natural product industry got going, it was like the wild West because there wasn't, you know, people were just selling all kinds of stuff and, everything everybody was like oh buy this buy this buy this you know and it it got kind of out of control and it's and it's not in the same way out of control but it there's a lot of like wild west kind of activity happening in in the cannabis industry and there's a lot of good things happening and i think you know for sure and and i'm hopeful and and if this really does happen what you know with kamala's statement that they're going to deschedule that would be a fabulous thing, but there's a lot of things that have to happen very quickly. Like what you just mentioned, doctors need to learn about the endocannabinoid system. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still my business, you know, my business and, and how I'm things I'm trying to do to, to educate people is, has been put on like a major hold because of COVID. Because, you know, the, you can't really, there's not a lot of interacting with the public. There's not a lot, a lot of interacting with colleagues. There's not a lot of anything except, you know, these kinds of things. 
<laughs> which are good. I mean, there's plenty of things. I've learned plenty of things and had and, and had lots of Zoom meetings that are, you know, they're great. And um, but it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing as, you know, being somewhere. I mean, you know, I, I, I have had the company for more than a year and a half, not quite a year and a half. And, you know, there are things that I'm doing, but, and have done, but like legislator education things, but there's not, there's so much more that could be done. And as I, I mentioned to you about having this idea about educating, having a team of doctors doing education pieces across the country, that's something that I want to do as like a, a, a nonprofit organization. And that, that is my plan for that. And that is not, it is something that I work on not as often as I would like to, but you know, it's something that's definitely on my uh, agenda for the future. And probably now, since I heard that uh, thing that uh, Senator Harris said yesterday on ABC News, I'm going to be more inclined to get busier on that because that could be something that could be a big boon if it's set up in place for that to happen come January. Definitely. Yeah. You know, and so it's not that far away. It's not. It's not. You know, a lot of promises are made in in the summer before an election, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <good point. laughs> so we'll actually see if that comes to fruition. You know, uh-huh. I, I remember Trump saying that he was going to keep hands off of all the states and yep. and and stay out of their business. And the first thing he did was bring in Jeff Sessions, who stuck his nose in everything. So <laughs> yeah. people make a lot of promises this time of year, and yeah. I'm, I'm more of a wait and see kind of guy. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm. I'm. You know, a realist in that regard too. But it's like it was. I was hopeful that I heard her say it in public. <laughs> I mean, I didn't hear her say it. I heard you know a report of her saying it. So yeah, that's a yeah. good. Thing. It is a good thing, and it, it, it's a good thing with enough uh, regulation and guidance. Mm-hmm. It, it, in and of itself, I don't believe that it's that good because it. There's just. There's no guidance around it. Right, just right, things, right. The whole thing will fall apart, and this we, yeah. it deserves, it deserves some maturity. It deserves some guidance, and I think it that deserves, yeah. it definitely deserves some guidance. It it requires guidance because if it's going to be done right, it has to have guidance and it has to have rules and it has to have regulations that, you know, have to do with bud tenders. Bud tenders in a recreational facility are going to be or a recreational dispensary are going to be very differently needed will not need to have the same kind of training as the as the folks in the in the medical dispensaries. Definitely. Because, and they need a different title. A bud tender is called yeah. a bud tender because they wanted it to be like a bartender. Uh, yes. You know, and <laughs> so yeah, tender. so you know the difference between vodka and tequila and the different brands. Right? <laughs> yes. Great. Okay. Yeah. Good for you. That's all you need to know. That's fine. Right. You know, exactly. but in a medical dispensary that's gonna be Very a little different. bit more specialized knowledge. Yes, it is. It is. And you know, uh, there are there are many, you know, if you have the back of my, you know, my T-shirt, I have a T-shirt on that, um, you know, I, I thought I was going to be able to see it. I'm going to show it. Well, you, which this is, but you see it? Yeah, and yeah. The, thing. the back of this T-shirt is the thing, is the title of my, uh, my FDA thing that I did. And it says, your endocannabinoid system is scientific proof that cannabis is medicine. And I wear, I, I, I had it on because um, I wanted you to see it. But um, I also did an errand earlier and I was in places where other people would see it. And it's amazing, you know, what the reactions I get. It, what endocannabinoid system, what in the world is that? <laughs> so it's my, it's my little way of, um, you know, having, it's like um, a, a question getter. And, you know, instead of just like walking up to somebody and say, hey, do you know you have an endocannabinoid system? 
Yeah. <laughs> it's a conversation starter. It's a conversation starter and it's interesting. It's very interesting. And it's interesting to talk to people who are, you know, very anti-cannabis. I have a, um, a niece-in-law <laughs> whose, whose husband has um, cancer. And, you know, he ha- he was taking chemo and was, you know, he was, I, we knew he was going to be taking chemo, what wasn't happening yet. But she is, uh, you know, she's aware of the anti-nausea and anti-immune properties of cannabis because she just knew it. And, um, you know, and she knows that I do what I do. And, you know, she was asking me about it. And um, I was very happy to tell her that, you know, he, I'd be happy to talk to him about why you know it's like no i'm never i would never touch it i'm not don't care if i throw up <laughs> like that i don't care if i'm sick to my stomach all day i'm never going to take it well he's taking it he's a very happy camper <laughs> because he learned that it's really medicine you know it's not what he's been conned to believe that it is that's exactly what's happened you know the the the, the things that happened in the early 19th century changed um, medicine as we know it for you know millennia so that they could um, you know demonize the product create a pharmaceutical industry and fill up the prison industrial complex with black and brown people right and use trees instead of hemp for paper yes exactly for newspapers yeah exactly exactly and and cotton instead of hemp and and all kinds of things that they did you know that's true because they you know hemp was used it was a, it was a law in, in colonial days, you had to grow hemp, <laughs> you know, you had to grow hemp and you had to give some portion of it to Uncle Sam, apparently. I think there was some little caveat about that. Um, right, yeah, right, right, like, right. Because, you know, they used it for everything, everything. It's amazing. And I, I saw, we talked about all different kinds of things. I actually saw uh, on LinkedIn, I saw a plane, a plane made of hemp. <laughs> yes. That's cool. Yeah, and and the guy was flying the plane and it was talking about, yeah, I'm flying high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, hempcrete, I've seen a lot of really cool progress with hempcrete, building houses yep. out of hempcrete. Yep. And it, yeah, yep. I mean, it, the possibilities truly are endless. Yeah, it's, it, the possibilities are endless and the possibilities for, for healing our planet are endless too with the soil crisis and the air crisis and the carbon, they, everything is could be solved. You know, so we need to, we need to get on, you know, I guess there's a bunch of us who are on the same wagon here on the same uh, battlefield to get this medicine into where it needs to be so it can heal people and the planet. Exactly. And I think that you're doing, I think you're doing a fantastic job of doing it yourself and, and the way that we can approach it. And I think like starting with the endocannabinoid system is such a brilliant place to start because it's something that everybody has. Yes. And we would never know that everybody had that without the plant and yeah. without our 5,000-year-old relationship to the plant or 20,000 or 100,000, whatever it might yeah, whatever be. Whatever it is. It, yeah. yeah. And it's, so probably, that, it's probably hand in hand with humanity, I would guess. I would guess as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Anne, I've, I've got one last question for you. I ask everybody, and that is, what is one change you would like to see most within the medical cannabis industry? more education. And I'm not just saying that because I'm an educator. I'm saying it because there's not a lot of education stuff going on. So, so true. It, yeah, that's what needs to happen. That's the one thing I believe. 
I, I believe you. And that, that's why both of us are doing what we're doing, right? Yeah, it's true. It's true. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time, man. This has been fantastic and, and so much great information. We got deep into it for a while there and, and I appreciate you getting a little geeky with me. And <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. You know, Matt, I got it. I'm just going to say one more thing because I think it, you know, if, and you can, you know, whatever, but when I did my, um, when I learned that cannabis, uh, the cannabis receptor, cannabis CB1 and CB2 were G-protein coupled receptors. And I mentioned some of the other uh, receptors that interact with endocannabinoids and phytocannabinoids are also G-protein coupled receptors. I like kind of did a thing where, oh man, I have a connection with the endocannabinoid system because of this G-protein thing, because my doctoral dissertation, I studied G-proteins as a mechanism so my, my, my dissertation was trying to understand how an embryo, how you have an egg and it's just this kind of a ball. It literally is like a ball. It has no structure. It's just like a ball. And then all it divides up into cells. And then when it's eight cells, so the ball is the same size, but it just divides up into smaller and smaller pieces. And then when it's eight cells, all eight cells are the same size. And looking at them in a microscope, you can't see anything different about them. Four of those cells become the baby and four of those cells become the placenta. And I was intrigued by that when, when I was going to, when I went to undergrad and then I was just so intrigued with it that I ended up going to graduate school to find out, <laughs> to try to find out. And, and then when I learned about G proteins, I said, well, G proteins must be involved. And, you know, as a cell, cell biologist, when I was learning cell biology in, in, in my mind's eye, anyway, as I evolved and went through different stages of education, and then I got to the dissertation part. I'm like, well, this is my dissertation. And I think that the cytoskeleton, which is like a, a little mini skeleton within cells and G proteins are involved in these four cells being able to know they're the baby and these are the placenta. And so then I did, all, I did a whole bunch of experiments, but it turns out they are, <laughs> you know, that, that they, it, there was changes and it indicated the research that I did, but I had, there was no connection, of course, to the endocannabinoid system. But now there's all kinds of evidence that the endocannabinoid system is critical in all different, specifically critical, important stages of embryonic development. So when I learned all that, I just became so connected to the endocannabinoid system, like viscerally, because, because I had that you know, the relationship I have with cells that started with that whole thing is strong. I have, um, you know, I have a whole series of things that I do because I believe in the body's ability to heal. And now I understand that the body's ability to heal is based on the fact that we have an endocannabinoid system. It is the physiologic framework that allows our bodies to heal. And Wow. Can it's we stop for just a second? Yeah. <laughs> That's probably the biggest thing you've said so far. And maybe the biggest thing I've heard so far on this podcast. <laughs> it's the reason our body can heal yes. is because of the endocannabinoid system. Yeah. That's, I believe that. Yeah. Yep. Totally. I totally believe that. And, and that's why I'm so passionate about it. Amazing. <laughs> Truly amazing. You've, you've, uh, gobsmacked me. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> gobsmacked me. <laughs> yeah. I, wow. Yeah. Amazing. So I, I think that we should stop there. That's the, okay. That's, that's fine. A that's great. <laughs> fantastic place. So thank you so much for your time. Be well. Thank you. You too. 
I told you Anne was going to drop a bomb at the end there. Did you hear what she said? The endocannabinoid system is the mechanism that allows our bodies to heal. That's powerful stuff. This system that we didn't even know existed until 30 years ago could quite literally change everything that we know about medicine and everything that we know about healing. Amazing. I am so honored to be a part of this industry and so grateful to be part of it right now when so much is coming to the light and it only gets better and we'll only have more research coming in the future as laws start to loosen up federally and across more states. It's incredible. What an industry. So if you haven't had the chance yet, go over and give the show a rating. Let me know what you think. And until next time, my friends, please stay healthy and enjoy yourselves. This Edge of Cannabis Medicine podcast is copyright EM2P2 Inc. 2020. All rights reserved. Podcast use and availability is governed by terms and disclaimers available at edgeofcannabismedicine.com forward slash terms. I'm your host, Matthew Myro, and thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.